Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, I love that music because that means it's time for a new episode of UAP Weekly. Welcome in. Stephen Diener back with you here on the Unidentified Alien Podcast Weekly Edition. And I'm so happy to say that we have some brand new information here today with none other than Anthony Williams. Yeah, he is back on the show for the third time now. Um, I think he's tied Nick Pope for the most appearances for a guest on UAP. So pretty cool there. But Anthony Williams, kind enough again to uh, join me here today on UAP Weekly. So you're going to hear from him. Reason reason why he came back is because the last time we spoke, actually about a month ago, we did a two-part series behind, military, behind the curtain of military intelligence. It was really well done because of Anthony Williams. The, the information and the perspective he gave was fantastic. But the only problem was we didn't get to cover everything that I wanted to talk about with him because there was so much more that... He had given me information on that I wanted to bring up during those episodes, but we couldn't get to it all. So we carved out some time to do it again, and you're going to hear about some things that uh, I know I haven't spoken about here on the show before, and I'm not sure, quite frankly, have been spoken about on any other show or platform. We're talking about uh, sightings of giant black triangle craft over uh, very sensitive U.S. military installations. And we're talking about within the past six months this happened. And there were very public sightings. And orb craft following Air Force One just a few months ago. We have a lot of sightings in Florida, central Florida. Some weird stuff going over by uh, Eglin Air Force Base. So there's a lot of new information in here today that I think you're going to find really, really compelling. And it's all thanks again to Anthony Williams. So I'm really happy that he was able to jump back on with me here today for both parts. This is another two-part series. Again, because there's so much information that he has to offer, um, we had to split this up. So in the first part, we're going to cover everything I just spoke to you about there. And then in part two, you're going to hear some very different things. Actually, Anthony interviews me in part two. So that was uh, a lot of fun. I think you're going to enjoy that. He asks a lot of really um, deep questions, actually, that I think you'll find very interesting that's going to be in part two, along with information concerning the whistleblower that I had put out a couple months ago on Twitter. I said that there was a new whistleblower going to come out this year, someone with firsthand information, someone who spoke to David Grush directly and gave him information. This person, that was the only thing I can say at that time a couple months ago, and Anthony went into uh, actually some surprising detail 
about this whistleblower and some of the things that he is going to be talking about once his story does go public. So you're going to hear things that no one else has heard before about the new whistleblower testimony that will hopefully be coming out later this year, supposed to. Anthony has some details on that, some of the things that he could offer, and that's all in part two. But for right now, let's get to part one. So much information here, and it's really, really compelling stuff. Again, things that I hadn't heard until we spoke about it here. So enjoy myself, Anthony Williams, part one of this new two-part series together. And welcome to it. Another edition of UAP Weekly with none other than Anthony Williams, Special Operations Command Analyst in the U.S. military and decorated veteran as well. I always thank you for your service, Anthony. And also thank you for coming on back on here today. I think this is your third appearance here on UAP. So thanks for coming back. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a little bit different. I'm looking forward to it. It is. And I'm glad you say that. So I'll, I'll kind of... Uh, you know, jump into what we're what we're doing here today because it's it's going to be fun. We're first first we're going to cover some of the things that we didn't get to last time because we got into some really good stuff, uh, good stuff, some really heavy stuff um, last time around when it came to like the the Miami incident, the sighting there, and a lot a lot of things. We got into the jellyfish UFO from the Jeremy Corbell video. Um, and a lot of other different things as well. But there was a lot of stuff left on the table, a lot of meat on the bone, if you will, that we didn't get to cover. And it was and it was a two-part series the last time we did this. So that just goes to show you how much we covered there that we didn't get to cover, which is why I wanted to bring you back here today. So thanks for doing that. And then after we get to the other topics, we're going to do something different, like you said, something a little different, something a little fun that I've never done before. Yep. Um, on UAP, which is you're going to ask me questions. It's my turn. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's your turn. Now, I've been interviewed before on other podcasts. Actually, just recently, if you anybody wants to check it out on the uh, Alien Addict podcast, they do the thing on YouTube. There's a couple of guys there, Ali and, and Lee. They do a great job on uh, the Alien Addict podcast. So I'll give them a little shout out there. They had me on over the weekend, if you missed that, you can check it out on YouTube and on Spotify. Um, and they were, you know, they asked me a bunch of questions and that I'm used to. Right? I've been on a couple of different shows as a guest, but I've never been a guest on my own show. So that's going to be a little different. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah. We're going to have fun with it. Yeah. So, but before we get into all that, um, again, a lot of stuff we didn't get to last time that I wanted to cover with you, including one thing that we're going to get to, which is. I got into a little bit of heat, a little bit of trouble, made some waves at the beginning of the year. I tend to do that every, like every five to six months, I make some waves and, and I get into some trouble. And um, at the beginning of the year or the end of 23, I forget exactly what it was. I came out and I said, there's a new whistleblower that's going to come out and he has oh, yeah. firsthand knowledge. He's someone that spoke to David Grush directly. They gave him the firsthand accounts. We're going to get into more of that today. And uh, take a little peek at that because there, there's some knowledge there that I think we can shed on there. And some people kind of called me out on social media saying, yeah, sure. Okay, buddy, whatever you say. And so for anybody who's on there saying, okay, sure, buddy, whatever you say, you might want to hear that part in this episode. But before we get there, um, there was some stuff that, that you had brought up to me a few months back when it came to some sightings being talked about within your circles some black triangles that were being seen over yep. some sensitive areas of Wyoming and Colorado. 
We have orbs following Air Force One. We have a ton of sightings by Eglin Air Force Base here in my area in, in Florida. And, and there's a lot of stuff in Orlando. So I'm going to touch on all that. I want to start with those those black triangles. What happened there? I think this goes back to October of last year, right? This is pretty recent, yeah. October 2023. Yeah, very, very recent. So um, <clears throat> in in Colorado, obviously you know, home of the Air Force Academy and several military installations. Um, also the home of NORAD in Cheyenne Mountain, um, you know. So a, a big area there, these these triangles were spotted. And what's cool about this sighting is it, it was documented by a lot of observers and it mm. was it wasn't like a 15 second observation. Um, these these blacked out triangles were seen moving over extremely sensitive military sites starting in Colorado observed by government personnel, military personnel, as well as uh, a slew of civilians. Um, they were moving uh, from Cheyenne mountain over into the Wyoming area, traveled great distance. They were spotted by uh, airliners. And at the point where they went into Wyoming, they were over an area near Warren air force base, um, which, if anyone knows their history, um, you know, there's a lot of nuclear silos, part of our strategic defense and our strategic deterrence um, all throughout Wyoming. These what was interesting about these black triangles is, uh, you know, it's it's common knowledge where our, where our military bases are. You can you can Google that. You can find out where they are. But these triangles went to very specific, extremely sensitive sites uh, revolving, um, all, all involving our nuclear, uh, capability. Mm-hmm. And that, that is not public knowledge. And that, that set off a whole nother level of alarms and very reminiscent of what happened back in the sixties right? was shutting down the silos, uh, that level of panic, although no military personnel reported, uh, any capability being shut off or anything messing with anything, uh, but the fact that these things were going, stopping and hovering over these locations, uh, it's either the luckiest guess in the world or they knew exactly what they were looking for and what they were doing over those locations. Yeah, a couple. It's really fascinating because there's a couple of things here. Um, number one, of course, the location, right? We're talking about sensitive military installations in areas that are not publicly advertised as to what's there and where they are. And that's where these craft were seen. So in this, in this topic, in this world, this UAP world, I know, I think you and I agree that we don't really believe in coincidence when it comes to this discussion and these things were seen. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, I want to give I want to give a shout out to uh, to a website that you know probably some of your you know listeners viewers are aware of, but some others might not be, and it's one that we even use in reference uh, when we want to pull mass information or mass sightings. It's it's newfork.org. That's n-u-f-o-r-c dot org. Right. Uh, and and that website does a good job at cataloging. Um, you know every type of human sensor, whether it's just, uh, you know, Joe regular on the street or whether it's someone in the government or military, um, anyone can upload there, which means anything get, can get put there. But New Fork also um, will do a good job at looking into the incident and they'll caveat if if 
if it's been explained a different way. Um, so a good, th that's a site that we used, even with this sighting um, with the military observers, of course, that's what led it to, to my group. But then going to New Fork, looking at all the other all the other witnesses, all the civilian witnesses that were reporting this thing, um, amplified it. And that's what's so, you know, I think that's what makes this one different than some other sightings that we hear about. You're talking about really what ended up being a mass sighting over state lines by yep. civilians and military personnel and government personnel. So you have three groups of people there all reporting the same type of thing. These black triangles moving over state lines through Colorado into and then a separate sighting into Wyoming. Now, those were different days, right? Colorado was a different day than the Wyoming site. Correct. It, it was over uh, over uh, several days, uh, several day period. There were multiple sightings of these, which which also amplifies the, you know, the suspicion of what are they doing? They're they're obvious. It's not something just floating by or flying by or balloon accidentally hovering or even a spy right. balloon just floating with the wind. This is something that's that's getting work done in a deliberate area. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because you know in your line of work, I'm sure you guys come across tons of reports every day that you're you're discussing, and it's not like you're sitting there, you know, looking for all right. Let's go find the aliens today. Like you guys are looking at stuff. You have to figure out what it is. Is this a missile threat? Is this a spy balloon threat? Is this some anomalous threat? And those are all, that's like a checklist that you guys have to go through. So what is that like when you're going through something like that, where you're getting these reports of dark triangles, you know, flying over Colorado, and then it's flying over Wyoming over sensitive military sites that are not known to the general public. When stuff like that's happening in real time, what, what is that like? What is that scenario you know, how does that go down for you guys? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And and let me just let me just start out answering that one by saying all of us have a day job. Like all of us in this group and community, we all work for the government doing different things within the intelligence community, within the Department of Defense. So we all have a day job. This is this is secondary out of personal interest, but it is a collaborative group of highly qualified um experts in their field. So when something comes in, ever since 2017, since the New York Times article, we see the UAP task force, Arrow, all these different things. The Department of Defense has gotten very directive of how they want these incidents reported. So when these intelligence reports come in, um, anyone within the intelligence community can look at the initial report. And so we start looking at these things. And so, for instance, a video will come in. The first thing everyone will do is look at it. Everyone's going to give their their gut instinct of what it appears to be, what it looks like. But then the community will ask the experts either on that type of sensor, on that camera, a propulsion expert, anyone within the group to really try to get to whatever it is. And, and the goal is not to deny it, but it's to to either figure it out as not anomalous and move on so we can focus on the the things that are truly anomalous or or to point out you know when something is anomalous when it is violating all these things when it isn't answerable and then everyone can crash on that so it's really it, it's really interesting if a video or a report comes in for about a week this entire community of, you know, about 1500 folks is going to crash on the problem and watching the threads and the comments as everyone's looking at it, 
Um, it's really, really interesting. There have been a number that, you know, really seem to get everyone excited. And then, and you know, a couple of experts would come in and say, hey, you know, actually look at this that I wrote three years ago. This is how this works. And you're like, oh, you know, kind of sad panda. Like, yeah, I really, wanted, I really wanted that to be, you know, an alien, but it's not, you know. And then there then there are other ones that come out and and the exact same group will explain why that doesn't fit anything. And it is truly anomalous, even, even to the level of um, taking other government experts. And I say that to that term very loosely, like mm. a, like a Sean Kirkpatrick or any one of these guys that are reporting on behalf of the government. Um, and they will dissect the inaccuracies in those statements about mm. the other videos and about these other sightings and these other incidents. And it's, it's really exciting to watch play out. I, w- I would say um, every, every now and then there are comments and, and new things that come out from something from a few years ago. But really, if, if a new incident happens or there's a new sighting or a new video, um, that'll get picked apart for about a week or two until everyone can crash on it. We've got some sort of resolution, whether that's ever made public or not, like you and I have talked about, some of these videos have never been seen, yeah. uh, but it's interesting to to watch all that play out. What is it with, well, I have a lot of questions from that. Um, <laughs> just, I guess, I guess staying on with, with the black triangles, what was the consensus? And did you guys get a measurement on these things? I think we had, they were pretty big, weren't they? Yeah, they were, they, they were huge. And um, I remember, um, and I don't have my notes in front of me right now, which I feel bad. Um, we're, uh, we're all working remote right now. So I, uh, yeah, I, I had, I had the notes written down on the exact size, but the, these are not small vehicle size. These were, these were quite large, which is why they were so visible even at night. Um, Talking like 300, 400 feet, like, like yeah. that big, like a football field. No, no, no. Multiple football fields. These wow. were extremely oh. large. And um, that that's why they were easily, uh, even at night, you know, displacing starlight, moonlight, they were easily observable mm-hmm. by, you know, just ground observers, just civilians on the ground. Um, and obviously those are easily picked up. Something that large is easily picked up by military radar and our sensing equipment. But um, that's why there were so many sightings by civilians as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We never heard about this. I'm trying to think back, and this is mid-October for both, by the way. Colorado yes. and Wyoming both have a mid-October 2023 with these sightings, with these, I guess, gigantic. I didn't realize they were that big. Um multiple football field size, possibly dark triangle UAPs flying over sensitive military installations and sensitive areas, very, very sensitive areas. We never heard about this. No. And, and <laughs> what's, what's crazy is when I see something on our network, I, I will always, when I leave work, I'll always go out to regular civilian internet and try and find these things. Even that website, you know, New Fork, like I just mentioned, is one of the ones I'll, I'll try to go check because a lot of times there are other civilian witness testimony that, you know, helps shape the story or tell the story or round it out um, from other than a military observer. And good luck finding anything on this one. Um, you know, and th this is, this is one that if there was, if there was a, a nefarious understanding of what was happening, um, that may be a reason why this why this one was buried. But uh, on on the civilian side, uh, I can't find anything on the unclassified network on on this really at all. Um, not not to any detail that we were able to see in the in the intelligence reporting. Any consensus on what this was, or is this still unknown? I mean, as far as you know, just in your chair, you talk to people in your community, you know, as far as an analyst in Special Operations Command, and you look at this and say, oh, yeah, this is an adversary. This is a new technology or maybe this is our technology. There's some private entity that's testing out their thing. Or is this just like you guys came to the conclusion that there is no conclusion? I mean, what what was this? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, you just look at the size and the shape of it, right? There's there's no real area that anything that shape that size is practical. There's no real ability to hover a vehicle that large with no noise. Mm. Uh, there's no ability to have that thing fly around silently. So, you know, that definitely falls into the category of what did we just see? You know, what was that? And so oh. that, that was one that, that didn't get, didn't take long to come back with the, very interesting. We have no idea what that was category. Is it possible in your, in your experience is something like that? Could it be terrestrial in the, in the idea of this is some type of, you know, reverse engineer technology. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here because this is fascinating to me. Some type of reverse engineer technology from Lockheed or Northrop or Boeing or whoever, and they're testing it out and they're kind of flexing their, the private sector is flexing their muscle to the government and saying, yeah, we have this stuff. There's nothing you can do about it. And we're actually going to fly to one of your secret areas where we know you have, you know, some pretty heavy weaponry over there. And because we're, we're, it's like us knocking on the door and saying, yeah, we know your secrets and uh, you better stay away from what we're doing here in the private sector. Is that a possibility? Yeah. I, you know, my opinion on that has certainly changed uh, over the years. It's a hundred percent possible 
the origin of that technology, the, the fact that it would exist in public sector and it's not being applied in other ways just seems, it seems impractical to me. Totally, totally possible. Um, you know, our knowledge and our accelerated knowledge and our ability to collaborate, you know, with the, the onset of the internet, you know, think early 90s to early 2000s, just in that decade alone, our ability yeah. to collaborate and send emails and share information, that, that hasn't doubled, it hasn't tripled, it has skyrocketed exponentially. So to say that that's not possible, I think would be, you know, a little hubris on our part. Um, financially or influence-wise, power-wise, I, I just don't know. I don't know if that makes sense to me, but it absolutely could be. I, I, I'm not. I'm not discounting that at all. You know, five years ago, I would have said no, no way. That that can't be industry. Um, as far as adversary goes, um, I I I, I kind of stand with Dave Fravor and some of the other you know military folks that have spoken publicly and say. I don't think there's any way that that's an adversary um, as far as private industry, perhaps, but that would take the amount of resources and technology that that would take the amount of people that would have to work on it in industry for seemingly zero financial gain or recognizable financial gain um, just seems, you know, you know, it just seems impractical. But could it be? Could it be a demonstration of force to remind, you know, policy makers why they're going to keep giving those big budget contracts? Sure. I mean, anything. I, I think. I think anything's possible. And when you write off, when you easily write off one uh, possibility without really knowing, then then you you narrow your ability to to get to the truth. So I, I think it would be ridiculous to just write that off and say that that's not possible. Well, yeah, because the, I guess the other and it, it's it's great perspective um, that you give there, because I guess the, the other option is it's not us and it's not adversaries. So it's somebody else. And then it goes back to the question of why are ETs in this case, if it is someone else, then e we'll say ETs. Why are ETs or interdimensional beings, however you want to characterize them? What is their fascination with our nuclear capabilities and how would they even know where to go? Again, it's, you know, it's a sites that are not publicly known yeah. and that's where these things went. It's um, kind of startling. Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, sure. Okay. Different intelligence networks from foreign countries. Could they figure out where these sites are? Sure. But to be able to maneuver a craft that large with impunity into our airspace over our most sensitive sites if it's an adversary, I, that's that's going to get a swift response, you know, from from our military. Right. You know, we <laughs> you know, things get dicey when things just come off our coast. You know, they're reported a, a Russian bomber flies along the Aleutian Islands, doesn't even cross over, you know, U.S. territory over U.S., you know, land. And that's a major incursion that, you know, gets all sort of saber rattling done. Um, mm -hmm. Something to, to move into the, the continental United States with impunity that large over very, very, very sensitive, arguably our most sensitive military sites. If that's an adversary, I think we're having a completely different discussion. That's a really good point. Um, really good. Boy, that is interesting. I guess we'll keep an eye out or you'll keep an eye out for anything else that 
we're not hearing about because that those those sightings were certainly uh, never made public. I had never heard about it until you spoke about it, um, and you know our conversations and in, in here today. So it's yeah. fascinating. I, I want to jump back to something that you mentioned a little a few minutes ago when you got when you said that you guys tend to go through some of these reports that come out from you know now the now defunct head of Arrow, Doctor Sean uh, Kirkpatrick. And you talk about kind of going through those and picking those apart. Can you give examples of different reports that you guys have gone through or that you've gone through where that have come from Arrow or any other government entity that have you know looked into the UAP issue and you look at those and you say, yeah, they're covering this up. They're making this up or they're wrong about this. Yeah. So, so first of all, words really matter. Right. And, and the way, you know, uh, Dr. Kirkpatrick's last shot across the bow as he's leaving Arrow, uh, you know, comes out with this report and, and makes a whole bunch of claims. Basically, I'm summating and saying that, hey, you know, we really have done our job. There really is nothing to see here. And he gives very specific, you know, quotes. Uh, our network almost line by line picked that apart and demonstrated with known incidents publicly and then known incidents on the intelligence side why what he's saying is wrong and he's either the most incompetent individual in the world in our <laughs> government um or he's deliberately saying what he's saying uh for a purpose you know other other incidents um there was there was an intelligence report that came in over a combat zone in Europe of an anomalous object or an unknown object um, taking off extremely high rate of speed, uh, faster than anything could do, taking a hard 90 degree turn, a 180 degree turn, um, and then moving at a, at a very, very rapid rate of speed. The, uh, the intelligence analysts that were tracking this thing, uh, their, their real time chat is they're communicating as this thing's traversing around the planet. Uh, you know, you can see their discussion once once they lost track of this thing somewhere over Kazakhstan moving into Russia, it appeared as though it left the atmosphere and, and disappeared. And they were very perplexed by this. And after after our team crashed on it, all of our intelligence uh, you know, personnel from the wide array of government that crashed on this, what came out was uh, it was it was a very, 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 very high orbit satellite that was picking up uh, a trail of a highly elliptical satellite that began its its ellipse. So it looked like it did a one eighty degree turn. Mm. It was actually closer to Earth, making its making its rotation. And then, of course, it's moving. The closer it is to Earth, the faster it's moving. It's moving at an extremely high rate of speed. So you can see the analysts in the chat trying to discuss: Is this a ballistic missile launch? Is it? Is it a space vehicle launch? What is this thing? And it took the whole of the network to really come together, and then leverage some of our space capabilities. This is this is actually a false catch of one of our satellites in a closer orbit. Um, because the closer a satellite is to Earth, the faster it's moving. I don't know if we've talked about this, but a satellite in low Earth orbit can be moving as fast as 7.8 kilometers a second. That That is grease lightning fast. Wow. So when you see reports in our atmosphere of these UAP gaining instant acceleration from a satellite that's 
you know, maybe in geosynchronous space, that's 28,000 miles away from Earth, you know, and it catches a track of something moving that fast um, to the observer on that on that platform. They 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 may not know exactly what it was. And that that happened to be the case with that one. So that's mm-hmm. that's an example of a report that comes in as anomalous that after the network crashes on it, it's it's easily describable. So you guys are able to debunk things like when you look at different things like it's not again it's not like you're sitting there looking like okay we got more proof here like you're you it's an analyst you're you're an analyst so you're looking you're analyzing videos and you're trying to figure out exactly what you're looking at that's an example of essentially a a debunk you thought maybe it was one thing you realize it's another yep 100 percent. and it's not one that it's not one that ever made it to the public uh those those systems and those things that captured that incident you know are not public knowledge but it's one that we look at, you know, and and identify. It is an, the analysts don't know what this is; they can't identify it. Therefore, it's anomalous. And then after, you know, not just our network, but you know, the the other agencies look at it holistically. It's very easily explainable. Uh, but it's it's one that you know, and we're not we're not looking at things to try and prove them wrong or right. We're trying to get all of the 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 white noise out of the way for lack of a better term Let, let's get the ones out of the way and it's it's funny even even the even the uap task force or arrow you know they want to focus on all the incidents that can be explained you know oh there's only a handful that are unexplainable well then let's not talk about weather balloons let's talk about those 12. yeah <laughs> what what's up with those and and that seems to be where we want to focus our attention but it seems like publicly those are the ones that we we don't want to talk about. Let let me tell you this this one that you thought was this, and it's it's really this other thing. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Do you have any, uh, any other instances that that come to mind when it comes to, hey, yeah, we were able actually to find out what this was. You know, it was some type of you know ball lightning or something like that. Yeah, there's there's been a there's been a couple. It's interesting you bring up the ball lightning. I'll I'll touch on that one in a minute. But there's a video of a of a of a airline pilot that is filming lights outside his window, that are horizontal to his wing, off at the distance, and they they there's about two to three rows of these things, and they seem to be, they seem to be. Um, moving towards the craft but as they get close one falls off and then it appears up in the next row and keeps going keeps going keeps going and at first glance it looks like hey what what are those things are those could those be flares that were shot off or are you know all these different things got discussed at the end of the day after about a week what they were is that they were reflections coming off of the airline windows itself mm-hmm. and moving in perfect you know synchronization as the aircraft moved and it made perfect sense once you look at it so that's an example of one that you know it's not a metal object it's just lights and is there a way to explain is there a way to replicate that there absolutely was um another example there there was an article that came out and some of your listeners may have may have read this or studied this but it's it's been a discussion of ours uh you know, recently is the idea of, of ball plasma, uh, ball lightning, uh, plasma that forms in the atmosphere. And it was, it was tried, tried to, it was tried to be used to explain what the Foo Fighter uh, phenomenon was during World War II. The, the problem with that is while it can, while it can replicate and explain 
maybe some of the the incidents, ball lightning or plasma that forms in the atmosphere that's triggered by static electricity coming off the wings of aircraft does not account for the objects that are reacting, behaving, moving around from aircraft to aircraft and the multitude of sightings. Um, that So articles like that seem to be planted. Stories like that seem mm. to be planted, again, to take the attention away from or write off something that could be extremely legitimate. Is that the consensus as far as, you know, as someone, someone like Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick was his reign, do you think, or, you know, maybe just the, the feel that you got in your in your field, was his reign all about trying to move the conversation to another area to, to hey, look, look over here. Don't look over here, but let's look over here and and, you know, kind of look at this shiny object. Was was that his mission the whole time? If it was, it explains the behavior. Uh, a lot of distract and nothing to see here. And. When you talk to folks in, in the um, in the community, even his initial appointment, I would definitely say if his goal was to put this discussion on the back burner, you know, he did a good job of that. Yeah, well, <laughs> kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? I, th I think that's where a lot of people lean. But I wonder what he thought about maybe a an orb following Air Force One. What happened here, Anthony? This was something that. Again, this actually was reported. It was close to Christmas time, 2023. So as we stand here now, you know, talking just a few months ago, yep. um, I think I saw the article in the LA Times. It was reported in a couple of places. And maybe because it was close to Christmas, it never really gained a lot of steam or a lot of attention. But you would think that some type of anomalous flying object near Air Force One would gain some type of steam or attention within the media or the populace, and it just disappeared. What okay. happened with that story? Yeah, so this one's awesome. This is, so the the, the guys you're talking about, you know, they track, uh, you know, civilian aircraft, military aircraft. Um, they first spotted this thing while two F-35s were refueling. They were pulling security for Air Force One as President Biden was coming in for a fundraising event in L.A., and what's interesting is there were ground observations of these things coming in off the coast. No adversarial ships in the area that could have launched these things. Um, they are the classic, uh, you know, sphere UAP that we've seen in combat zones. Not just trailing Air Force One, but moving into the area and staying in the area spotted by, by several people. And yet, yeah, to your point, um, because of the time frame that this came out, it went completely unnoticed. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they were, they were coming around, uh, air force one flying around our F 35s. They were spotted as far as 20 miles up the coast from where the president was at the time by, by, uh, people on the ground observing them coming in, staying in the area and then moving back out in the direction that they came. Is there precedent for this? I mean, ha have you ever heard about another scenario where you, we have UAP flying around Air Force One? I mean, has has, has that been seen? Yeah. yeah, so it's funny that you bring that up. So there are, there are three other incidents that have been reported um, involving Air Force One. One in 2006 in Washington, 
uh, one, uh, and that was a uh, an oval ball orb again, uh, being chased by military aircraft um, by Air Force One. Hmm. Um, another one in Mesa, Arizona in 2002. Um, five minutes after Air Force One passed by, this dark object is flying along and in the direction. Um, and then in 1998, there's another one, a silver orb flying in proximity to Air Force One. Uh, again, and that that would be more of your tic-tac, uh, not perfect orb shape, but almost like egg shape. Uh, UAP. And not only that, there have been there have been other incidents, you know, reported publicly about, um, you know, UAP being seen around Air Force One. That's incredible to me. I mean, <laughs> it feels like that should be a big story that would get a lot of attention. And again, maybe just because of the time frame it happened around Christmas, we didn't hear too much about it. But what was this investigated, Anthony? Was this something that was looked at to say, okay? We know something was flying near Air Force One, and it's happened before. What was it? I mean, what what was kind of the thought process on this as it was looked into? You know, the where where the where the resolution is or where the the final stance is, I I don't know. But I I think President Obama had a very interesting quote after he left office, um, and I, I'm not quoting directly because I butcher it. But he came out and and said that yes, there are things flying in our airspace that we have no idea what they are and we still can't determine what they are. And, and I think that's very telling for a president to say that, knowing that these things have been near Air Force One, following Air Force One. We always, we, we've had fighter escorts around our, our president whenever he travels for a long time. As a matter of fact, whenever the president moves, it usually involves several C-17s moving his uh, limousines and uh, security team and all that. It's, it's a big move. It's not a small logistical feat. So there have been many witnesses to these things over the years. Where our government is on resolution of these, you'll probably find uh, little to no evidence of any firsthand witnesses wanting to even talk about it. It's incredible. I mean, you're talking about F-35s. I mean, I guess maybe engaging is too strong of a word, but like they saw it, they knew it was there, right? I mean, this wasn't something like it caught them by surprise. They knew that this object yep. was around them. So if they if if it's following Air Force One and we've got some of our fifth generation fighters tracking it and they don't shoot it, um, then either A, they know it's a threat or B, they know that shooting at it is futile because they can't hit it. Um, you know, a variety of possibilities. But um, yeah, good luck finding anything that that gives uh, any level of certainty as to what that is or any firsthand account that's willing to discuss it. And again, you know, it's something I don't believe in coincidences when it comes to this discussion of UAP. When you talk about what, how we started when it comes to the Black Triangles just happening upon, you know, secret military locations where right. we have, you know, nuke, or nukes and things like that. Then you have this UAP, you know, just happening across Air Force One while the president is on board. Now, I know we've had other reports, many reports over decades, even going back to World War II, you know, with the Foo Fighters and things like that passenger planes and so we've we've had a lot of reports of uaps ufos being seen by pilots air force one or not but it just seems you know interesting to me striking even that it would be seen around air force one and this isn't the only time it's happened it's it just makes you wonder you know oh. what's 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 the purpose of that targets 
what do they know? Whoever it is. Yep. Yep. No, I, I, I wish I had a better answer for you on that. I, I don't. And, yeah. you know, it's a topic that doesn't seem to be uh, open for discussion with the people involved for sure. But, you know, this goes back decades to incidents of UAP flying right over the, the Capitol, right over D.C. Yeah, back in the 50s. Yeah, chased by fighters of the day, you know, um, unsuccessfully all the way up till today. We, we, we tend to look at UAP incidents with what we know today. You know, what is our technology today? What could these things be today? But right. none of the technology from the, the 30s, 40s, 50s explains what these craft are doing, you know, in our airspace, you know, and what witnesses are seeing that far back. Yeah, it's a really good point. I think that's a point that some people miss and some of the some of the debunkers miss, quite frankly, where they say, well, you know, it with we'll just use Air Force One as an example. Well, that's obviously China spying on Air Force One using some type of advanced military drone. Okay, well, then how do you explain it 80 years ago? Right. <laughs> so you, right. You, you have to think outside of today's constructs. And I think right. some people fail to do that. Yeah. And I think I think that's a, I think that's an easy an easy mistake to make you know, is, is just looking at the most recent incidents. Um, you know, most of these are not one-offs anymore. Yeah. Most have been seen and reported for decades and decades and decades. So, okay, maybe there's some technology close today that we could write that off, but how do you write that off 50 years ago? How do you write that off 70 years ago when there's no technology near that, you know, and if you think back to World War II and the Foo Fighters, the United States is involved in a war that by the time we got into it overtly, we weren't even sure if it could be won. Mm. Um, when when I invaded Iraq, you know, there was no doubt in my mind. I didn't know how many casualties we would take, but I knew without a doubt we were going to defeat the Iraqi army swiftly. In World War II, they had no idea. So if there was this obscure, you know, uh, exquisite capability or technology that we had, we threw everything that the nation had at that war. That's something that we would have done. So how do you explain those sightings then? How do you explain that technology existing in our terrestrial space then? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's an important thing to point out. Um, off topic real quick, because I want to get into the sightings by uh, Eglin Air Force Base in Central Florida as well over the past few months. Do you know of any shoot downs, I guess, that you can speak about or attempted shoot downs, orders to to pursue and shoot down? Yeah. So really nothing more than as far as from our military, any anything like that really is either super public or really squashed. So you take the, you know, go back just to very recent history and you look at the Chinese spy balloon. We watched this thing traverse all over the United States. I don't know that you or anyone else would know about it if if it wasn't so large and it wasn't spotted by people on the ground saying, hey, what is that? You know, um, and that was directional in nature. It could it could shift direction and it it conveniently drifted where the wind blew it and where it steered over all of our most sensitive spaces. After that happened and after the, the government was held publicly to account for that, there were the shoot downs of these other objects. Right. And that made that made pretty public knowledge. Uh, really, if you look at it from the from the ability to save face, hey, you think we didn't do enough about that first one? Here's what we're doing about these. 
but there's nothing really that came out after of what it was. It, you know, it, it's a crazy excuse that, oh, yeah, well, we, we didn't know what it was, so we shot it. That's insane. Mm. We would never, ever, ever do that as a military. Yeah, that's like, that's like you saying, oh, I heard something in my kitchen, so I shot it. That could be your wife or kid. You're going to identify if it's a threat or what it is. That That's the most insane excuse I've ever heard. Um, so other shoot downs by our military or other attempts to shoot down, they're either super overt or not heard of at all. That said, there are a lot of incidences that have been made public about other governments attempting to shoot these down. Me, firsthand knowledge from our own military, I don't, I don't have any incidents that I can point to where I know that our fighters for sure attempted to engage with. The closest thing would probably be uh, the Ryan Graves incident or Dave Fravor, where they actually maneuvered, tried to close distance with, and, and uh, you know, Un- unarmed or, you know, without hostile intent dogfighting these things. Um, there have been several cases of that off the East Coast, off of Florida, of our fighters attempting to maneuver on. But as far as actually launching uh, launching a missile off the platform, I-, I don't know of any specific cases where that's taken place from our military. It's fascinating, though. And we, we mentioned Florida. So... It's kind of been a hotbed down here in my in my neck of the woods. Um, there's been sightings in Central Florida from military members that I'm sure you've you've heard about over the past couple of months, especially going back in into December. Um, a lot of stuff by Eglin Air Force Base over by you know Destin in the Panhandle area of Florida. What the heck is going on here? What are you hearing about? What are people seeing? I mean, what's what's the situation? Yeah. So so Florida. So there are there are some. The hot spots of reporting, incredible reporting, seems to be around where our military sensors are, right? Um, and that is, is that because there's more of them there or we just have better sensors to see them? You know, jury's out on that. And, and a lot of people have different theories about that. And I won't, I won't speculate as to why that is. But um, the East Coast from about um, Northern Virginia, Maryland, down through the Carolinas is a... Uh, a training range off the coast. And there have been multiple, multiple, multiple reports uh, from Navy fighter pilots that are identifying these things or are directed to go investigate these things that are off our coast. Very similarly off the coast of California in those training ranges, there are a large number of UAP spotted attempt to maneuver on and identify trying to get close to some that are visible, some that are only picked up on sensors. Oddly enough, another massive hotspot is over Eglin Air Force Base, over Central Florida and over both the Gulf and the Atlantic Coast all over Florida. Now this is this Navy, but it's also Air Force area. And Eglin Air Force Base is one of the the, the largest Air Force bases that we have down there. Extremely active for, for uh, fighter aircraft, extremely active for training, extremely active for uh, joint training uh, with both, you know, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, you know, combined arms fighting. Um, and there, there have been... In, in, a large amount of UAP seen by civilian sensors and only a few reported by military 
uh, pilots in those areas, which goes back to our last discussion of where's the Air Force. Mm. <laughs> there's there's all these things reported in the area and a lot of them by civilians that can't be explained, but they're very common to the other things we're seeing um, off the coast by the Navy. When it comes to the Air Force, I mean, is it sounds kind of silly, but is it just not of interest to them or are they focused on other things or is there something else going on there? Because like you said, you would think that this would be more of a focus, especially given the area that these sightings are, are happening. Yeah, I, I think there's got to be more to it. Right. So um, I think there's got to be more to it other than this is something in our air and we're not interested. I, I don't think that's I, I don't think that's it at all, especially the type of objects there are. There are discs. There are triangle objects, all these flying over there. There's some within 100 feet of the ground over Highway 98 and Okaloosa Walton County line. Um, you know, there are there are all sorts of very credible sightings. So so why aren't they reporting it? Well, Eglin, you know, Eglin, in addition to, um, you know, all of the fighter aircraft and things that happen there, it's it's one of their special operations hubs. And there are there are supposedly, according to certain people, you know, very sensitive kept secrets in that area. It's the one where our, where our congressional delegates attempted to go to gain access. Uh, Representative Luna, I believe uh, Tim Burchett was with, and they got uh, they got stopped at the, the gate and got into a very heated altercation with the uh, base commander uh, to the point where there had to be a, a re-education as to the fact that our government works for the civilian leadership at that point they were allowed in, but we're basically put into a room and got to talk to very uneducated people that seemingly knew nothing. So there's a lot of mystery around Eglin air force base when it comes to this topic. Um, I have friends that are stationed there. Um, I have friends that work there. I've, I've been there TDY multiple times. The fact that the, the locals in the area all throughout Florida report so much of this, but the Air Force is so silent. It it the only explanation I can come up with is that it's deliberate. Wow. And I, I guess that would that would lead me personally to two conclusions as far as why would the Air Force deliberately be, I guess, you know, covering something up, covering up activity or kind of, you know, maybe sweeping under the rug. It would come down to two things for me. Number one. For obvious reasons, they want to cover up the secret because it's something they're investigating and it's highly classified, so they don't want to talk about it or make it public. Or number two, it's experimental aircraft that they're involved with, and that's why people are seeing so much of it. And that kind of goes back to the theory of you know the extremely large black triangles, but then it also comes back to the practicality issue that you spoke about. So I don't know which way to go with this, but something's being seen, and the Air Force is seemingly not really publicly anyway, jumping on the ball with it, which is just odd to me. Yeah. So, so to me, it comes down to two things, either a, they know what it is. Yeah. So, so they're not, they don't want to talk about it. It's classified, whatever that is, whether it's, you know, our own experimental aircraft or something else, they either a know what it is or B, they don't know what it is. And it could, it could in, in, in it could create chaos. So if our Air Force has no idea what is flying around in impunity and that fact came out to the public, that that would that that could create chaos in itself. So to me, it's one of two things. Either A, they know what it is, or B, they have no idea what it is, and and neither of those are okay. <laughs> so they, they want to keep that quiet. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because again, this is this isn't like you know hearsay with you know uh, uh, you know sugarcane farmers in Central Florida or you know something like that. This is these are these are military operatives and citizens who are seeing these things. They're everybody seeing the same thing. Central Florida Panhandle area, like you said, both coasts, Gulf Coast, Atlantic Coast, who are seeing these things flying around in all shapes, which was interesting. I didn't know that. You talked about classic saucer you talk about you know the the orbs the spheres all these different shapes of you know ufos uaps that have been seen and and people are seeing them modern day times right now happening and i've been told even outside of our conversations from from people i know friends who have friends you know in the military in that area they're saying yeah they're they're seeing these things and they don't know what it is yeah yeah and that's that's you know that that is that is that's concerning the most com- common thing and it, it is it is uh it is concerning i think it's why you know i think it's why this discussion has become so public and there's so much interest in it more than there has been before and the fact that we're getting the fact that we're getting validation from from leaders in government we you know we still have a large number of people that want to hush hush make it go away but the fact that we're getting congressional attention, military witnesses speaking out, uh, former presidents talking about it. It's, it's bringing, it's bringing light to the topic now that demands attention. Oh, it certainly does. And hopefully we get more and more attention with answers because I think that's the main thing, right? We sure everybody's wondering, what am I seeing? You know, we we don't, we don't know how to answer it. And it's, um, it's happening. It's not like people are seeing things and that's where we end Part one, I guess you can say like an intermission. Part two will be out in a few days. Let's let this one breathe for a few days. And then on Monday, uh, what day is that? The 26th, February 26th, I'll go ahead and release part two, where you're going to hear about again, that new whistleblower testimony testimony that has not come out yet and has not been made public. But Anthony Williams is able to shed some light on some of the details and the whistleblower himself, no names given, no names but some of the details and who this whistleblower, um, his background, I should say. We're not saying who it is, but you hear more about his background. And again, information that is nowhere else right now. You're going to hear that in part two of this UAP Weekly special with Anthony Williams. And he interviews me in part two as well. So that's going to be uh, a lot of fun to hear. And of course, make sure you're following UAP and all the social platforms at UA Podcast 850. Most active on Twitter, so you can see a lot of updates there. Um, you know, a lot of stuff going on. And you can email me at uh, sdeneruap at gmail.com. That's S-D-I-E-N-E-R-U-A-P at gmail.com. But again, that'll do it for now here on this part one, this new special with Anthony Williams. Boy, a lot of information to take in there, especially with those giant triangle UFOs. It's just so much going on and a lot of questions still to be answered. But I'll talk to you again next time right here on UAP Weekly. It's Stephen Diener. Have a good one.